Here goes, and welcome to the 76th episode of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. Please, as always, follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's up, Robbie? What's up, Woods? It feels unusual. I've been hosting these these for a couple of weeks in a row now, so I just get to kick back today and let you run the show, so looking forward to it, mate. No problem, no problem. So, uh, very themed jersey day-to-day with... Uh, the Nuggets, um, you know, progressing through to their first ever NBA Finals, right, yep, in their yep. franchise's history. So why don't you take it away for us? Nice. We've got some three pretty cool looking ones I can see today. So, all right. So I'll just do my usual double thing. You know, I've got to get through this big collection of jerseys and show two a week. So just the one I'm hanging behind me, it's a Jamal Murray blue mile high Nuggets Nike jersey. Really like the look of that jersey, Woods. Um, look, honestly, I'm not going to do the whole spiel on on Jamal Murray there. I feel like he's got a lot of good years to come, but um, obviously we'll talk a little bit more once we go through the conference finals, just how good the Canadian was against the Lakers. Um, so he just had an amazing four-game series there, but um, quite a topical one I'm wearing. Um, it's also an interesting number as well. So I think a few people pointed out today, probably two of the greatest players ever for the Nuggets uh, wore the same number. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there, but I'll just stand up and show you who I'm rocking today. And for those who can't see, Robbie's wearing the classic number 15 Devon, Denver Nuggets Carmelo Anthony jersey. And as you said, very topical mm. jersey that you're wearing today. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, definitely. Well, of course, we got the news yesterday that, that Melo retired there. So I really just wanted to wear this one, I guess, to pay a bit of a tribute to him. So the one I'm rocking today, very random, this one would. So it's a Carmelo Reebok Hardwood Hardwood Classics Nuggets jersey. So with the old sort of uh, logo there. I quite like this one, actually. Um, pretty random sort of one, this one. And as I said, a lot of people, if they see that number 15, will probably assume it's the Joker. But no, this is uh, Carmelo. Um, so look a little bit on Carmelo there. Um, so as I said, he retired this week, um, a week before his 39th birthday. Um, he was drafted by the Nuggets at pick three in the famous 2003 draft out of Syracuse after leading the team that year to the NCAA championship. Uh, Melo played with the Nuggets for eight seasons before being traded to the Knicks. Um, after the Knicks, he then went on to have short stints with OKC, Houston, Portland, and the Lakers. Um, Woods, I didn't mention the Hawks there. He was actually traded to the Hawks, but um, yep. didn't actually play a game for him. So there is a few random Carmelo Anthony Hawks jerseys going around, probably even more random than a Rashid Wallace Hawks jersey. But yeah, so look, his accolades are <clears throat> pretty impressive there. So um, a number of NCAA college awards, of course. Um, also, all-rookie first team, a 10-time All-Star, uh, two All-NBA second teams, four All-NBA third team. So he never quite cracked that first team there just due to LeBron and some of those other guys playing in similar positions there. Um, he was a scoring champ in 2013 when he was just putting up massive numbers every game there. Um, was named to the NBA 75th anniversary team. And of course, he had some great success for Team USA where he went on to win three Olympic gold medals there. So yeah, just wanted to pay a bit of a tribute to obviously a guy that's just lighting it up right now. I'm looking forward to, to talk about later at Jamal Murray and then an absolute legend of the Nuggets there in, in Carmelo Anthony. So no bobbleheads for either of these two woods, but <clears throat> yeah, I thought I'd just talk a little bit about him. Yeah, definitely. And I'll always remember, you know, the success he specifically had at those Olympic Games that you mentioned, right? And if you're going to remember him most fondly, would it be as a Denver, uh, as a Denver Nugget or as a New York Knicks? 
It's a good question, isn't it? I really did enjoy those early years with the Nuggets. I quite like some of those teams he was on in that, but I guess probably you got a little bit more attention playing on those Knicks teams. I mean, I think the whole city of New York really embraced him when he arrived there. Um, and look, they had some some pretty good runs there. Never obviously reached great heights there, but you know, one team can win each season. But um, I'd probably say the Nuggets. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, definitely the Nuggets. Mm. Yeah. I used yeah. to want to get that sky blue headband, just like the one he was wearing in those early days. And what a great draft class as well, right? You're right about the USA stuff as well. His game yeah. just seemed to really translate well to the international level. I mean, he was such a good rebounder at that level as well, and obviously such a, a decent scorer there. So no wonder he had so much success um, playing for the USA. What about yourself, Woods? I know you're rocking a random one there today, someone that's no longer with this team, but knows someone you like a lot. So Woods is standing up, <clears throat> rocking the bowl bowl. Number 10, Nuggets jersey. So I'm assuming that was a, a custom one, Woods, or was that already sort of made up in the NBA store, or was that a custom one? I actually can't remember, to be fair, right? Um, we did have a, yeah. Yeah. a minute bowl jersey on this show previously on one episode, as I recall, mm-hmm. yep. uh, Bullets one. So uh, Bowl Bowl, actually his full name is Bowl Minute Bowl, <laughs> is the son of Minute Bowl, uh, born in Khartoum, Sudan. Um, he went to high school at Blue Valley, uh, uh, and then a few, well, he went to a few different high schools before uh, spending a couple of years at Oregon between 2018 and 19, and becoming the 44th pick in the second round of the 2019 uh, NBA, NBA draft. He started off with the Denver Nuggets, where he got to play sparing minutes, um, spent some time in the G League. Um, and then obviously it's at the Orlando Magic where he finally got the opportunity to to, to play. Um, if I recall right, he was traded to Boston for a short while, but never played. If that's if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, I don't recall that, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. let's have a look here. Yeah, he was traded to the Boston Celtics in a three-team transaction involving the San Antonio Spurs with uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez and Bryn Forbes, but he never actually suited up for them. Um, and it ended up on the Magic. And he really got to show um, what he was capable of this year. In 70 games for the Orlando Magic, he started 33, um, averaged 9.1 points per game, 1.2 blocks, and 5.8 rebounds. He can, work, he can work on that outside shot a little bit more, but 55% from the field, 76% from the free throw line. He's really found a niche and a role for himself in the NBA now, hasn't he? No, you're right. I mean, how do you see his career going? Obviously, there's a lot of potential there with the athleticism and size, and like you said, he's working on that shot there. But how, how do you see his career going? Well, he's he's a, he's a unicorn, right? What's he listed at? Seven foot three? Is that? Mm, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he's got great handles. I mean, it's almost like there's no one else like him who has that skill set. Very few players that have that skill set, right? Uh, I think that he's got the tools to be successful, right? He needs to get his conditioning up a little bit, work on yeah. that outside shot. He's got that opportunity in Orlando now, and, and he's proved himself. So he's still, to go still only twenty three as well. So I mean, yeah, yeah, he's got a yeah, he's obviously got a lot of sort of learning to do there. So yeah, I, I, I'm hoping he sort of it all turns out well for him for sure. Definitely, and this is a, a classic. Let's just say a random jersey, but you know it's a classic one because we'll remember that he was drafted by Denver, right? Actually, now that you mentioned it, was already. Uh, it wasn't a custom one. It was already ready to go yeah, at the, that's at the store. He's, yeah. he's, uh, I guess, had a bit of a cult following since his rookie year, hasn't he, just with his surname and obviously his, his story there. So I'm loving how we've got the three very different sort of Nuggets jerseys. Obviously, the, the mile high, we've got the real old school one here and then more a current sort of one there. So yep. I'm loving how we've mixed it up there. Oh, and I did have one little guy to show you as well. I forgot to show you that, but I thought I'd better pull this guy out. The big man, 
Oh, yes. Nicola, get it, Nicola, from those ads I loved last year, the Joker. So I'm loving that one there. And another different jersey as well. So, yeah. Well, we'll speak a little bit about him later. But I thought this week, let's start the show uh, with a different angle, right? There have been some great basketball movies come out lately, and I want to talk a little bit about them. We'll get into the NBA stuff and, you know, all our headlines a bit later. But I want to talk about these two movies that have come out, okay? The two movies I'm talking about are, are the remake of White Man Can Jump and Air, right? So maybe let's kick off things with White Man Can Jump. We both watched it recently. Mm. I know you really like that movie. Uh, obviously, the old one is a classic with Wesley and Woody, uh, yeah. Woody Harrelson. So tell me what you thought of the remake. So Woods, we're doing uh, movie reviews now on the show. I like it, man. We are, we are. No, definitely. Well, look, yeah, I mean, I watched probably both of these last week. I watched White Man Can't Jump most, most recently. So you said, yeah, we'll start with that. So I thought it was pretty solid. I've got to say, I, I went in sort of not having majorly high expectations and maybe that's what sort of worked out quite well there. Um, look, it was a very short movie. It was one of those ones that you could sort of easily just watch. It wasn't one of these two to two and a half hour movies that a lot of these these movies are these days, but I thought it was pretty decent. I thought Jack Harlow did a pretty good job. I thought um, he was quite likable in the end, his character there. Um, yeah, I thought the the basketball play was pretty decent, enjoying, you know, some of those competitions they had. Um, you know, they went to Watts and Long Beach and other sort of places like that. Um yeah, and look, it wasn't a total remake, was it? It wasn't like they tried to do everything, you know, like a carbon copy of the original movie there. Um, look, I think it's one of those things you always want to protect something you like there. So we were, you know, you know, teenagers when that first movie came out and obviously we, we both enjoyed it, had that bit of a cult following. But I quite liked it, Woods. And if I'm um, giving out a review for this one, I'm going to give it a solid 7.5. Wow. Okay, all right. Well, the reviews on IMDb say around 4 out of 10, which I think is, 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 yeah. is a bit low. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. It was much more lighthearted. It didn't deal with as many serious topics as the original mm. movie did. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, Jack Harlow really made that movie, right? I thought the job that he did he? was good. I'm not sure about some of the other actors and some of the acting. Um, I thought some of the basketball that was played in the movie left a lot to be desired, right? Some of the guys in the park... You could tell that they'd never really played basketball before, right? So, hey, here's a question then, Woods. Who'd win at their like the, obviously at their peaks there? A two-on-two game between the current like pairing and the old pairing. I think the current pairing would whoop them, right? Oh, Jack Harlow. We've seen him in the All Star games. We have, yeah. How good he's been in like, celebrity we, games. Apparently, um, Wesley Snipes is a pretty ordinary basketball. Terrible accounts as well. Yeah. Terrible, so, right? I think probably the two now are probably be a bit better. But... And you got to remember Wesley and Woody are now what in their sixties. Oh, yeah. So I don't mean now. I mean like at their peak sort of thing like that. But yeah, I, I definitely would give the movie a six out of ten. Um, I guess the the first movie probably catered to a slightly older audience, right? Yeah, you know, agreed, Whereas agreed. younger people, I mean, there was still some bad language and whatnot, but in the end, you could take someone younger to watch this movie. I mean, it's streaming on Disney, Disney Plus as well, right? That sort of caters a little bit more for a younger audience. I mean, I watched a little bit with my daughter there. I don't think I would have been putting on the, the first movie there. There seemed to be a lot more, you know, violence and, and swearing, everything, like you said. But no, I, it was a, a fun watch, I guess, anyway, for me. All right, terrific. Well, let's move on to Air, right? Really good. Me personally, I had a day off work during that Anzac long weekend and I uh, managed to go to gold class, order some nachos, a couple of sodas, sit back in my reclining chair and watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. What were your thoughts? 
Yeah, I thought it was really good too, actually. I mean, I didn't quite have the cinematic experience with the, you know, the nachos and the reclining chair. I just watched it on my, <laughs> my TV at home. But um, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. I quite liked the history and everything. It was good sort of, you know, when the, they were in those meeting rooms and they were trying to look at the, the draft class of that year and they were talking about, you know, Terence Stansfield and sort of some of these other guys that only the real, you know, hardcore basketball fans like us would sort of know and appreciate. Yep. I think there's probably a lot of people that are seeing this movie because they, they maybe like Nike or they like, you know, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck that are in it sort of thing but they're not like the basketball you know historians like we are so it was good to hear some of those things there um and i thought it was good like i felt like i knew the story reasonably well but um and obviously you know i'm sure they had a you know some some license to you know maybe not do everything that happened there but i, th I thought it was really well done the way they did it um i did mention to you i thought it was a little bit strange how they didn't have a michael jordan actor and obviously you had your, your thoughts on that for anyone that hasn't seen it and it's obviously no spoilers there but there was a couple of scenes where they obviously jordan was supposed to be in it and they just showed the back of his head so um, I guess his mum and dad played quite big parts in the movie, especially the role of his mum there. Um, but, yeah, just a, a few back-of-the-head shots for, for MJ there, but, yeah. Well, Ben Affleck, who directed the movie, said, look, we couldn't justify anyone playing Michael Jordan, right, rather than Michael himself. And Michael's probably too old for the role right now. So just to add a little bit more mystique to it, we wanted to get some effect from it for, to people to talk that look, we can't actually see his face, but we're talking about this shoe of his, this empire that was built off the back of his name, right? So it added a little bit of more mystique to the, to the movie. Now, I was really impressed with... The, in fact, I saw an interview with Jackie Chan recently, and uh, Jackie Chan said, you know Chris Tucker, he does Rush Hour 1. Then a few years later, he does Rush Hour 2. You know, he talks about how Chris Tucker does very few movies. He just cashes in on the back of those movies and doesn't act very much. And we don't see him in a lot of movies. I can no. think of the Rush Hour series. Yeah. I can think of uh, Friday. Of course. I mean, off the top of my head, can you think of any others? Uh, he was in like Dead Presidents and a few oh, other sort of okay, ones like maybe, that. But, but not but many. You're right. right. He hasn't been yeah. like in a lot of sort of more modern ones. But yeah, his role was pretty good in that. Really good. And he hmm. played a serious role in a lighthearted way, right? Which yeah. I really enjoyed. His ability to connect with Michael Jordan's parents, being the only black man in that, in that, mm. within that organization, yeah. and, and able to bridge the gap between everyone. I thought that the way he played the role was good. And he was the star of the movie for me, in terms of all, all the actors. I really enjoyed the role he played. Yeah. So those negotiations, obviously, for, you know, for Jordan to get a, a cut out of every one of those shoes that were sold was just genius there. But I didn't get my rating as well. What, did, you, did you give it a rating for that? No, one? I was going to ask you that. Just all right, that. so yeah, I'm going to give it a... I mean, look, I said a 7.5 for White Me Can't Jump. I'll give this an 8.5. So pretty I'll, give it an, I'll give it a 9. Ooh, okay. 8.59. Okay, if you want to say 8.5, yeah. I'll give it a bit more 9. For me, this is really something that I resonated with. It was well done. The storyline was great. It was factual. Yeah. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd probably watch it again as well. No, yeah, I would as well, actually. Yeah, it's the sort of movie you could sort of enjoy a second time to us. So, well, look, if anyone else has got any other movie reviews or TV show reviews or anything, you know, send them through on our socials or email there and we'll see what we can do, right? Hey, I'm pretty related. sure you, you got it wrong. We have done our best top five basketball movies of all time in, uh, yeah, we before in the past. So we've done this for the first time we've, true, you know, okay. gone into this space before, right? right. So, yeah, true. Cool. Uh, all right, all right. Well, that's great. Get out and watch the movies. Um, one of them's available on, um, airs available on Amazon Prime. And, uh, you know, um, White Man Can it's Jump. still at the cinemas as well, there as well, for sure. Yep, yeah. yep. White Man Can Jump is on Disney. Or if you're like Robbie, who's still do downloading torrents, actually, I need to use some torrents to download the Tupac Dear Mama documentary. So I'm going to do the oh, same. All oh. right? Get it that way. And let us know what you think about those movies, right? And give us your thoughts. All right? So let's talk some real basketball here, man. A lot going on in the last week. We were predicting potentially for the first time ever 
I think it would have been a sweep in the East and Western Conference, right? Has it happened before? Or it's happened I once it was before? I the first time ever. I think it might have happened once in, in the like 50s. 50s or something In the like 50s, so yes, all right. Back when Boston was winning every year and everything like that. So, I mean, obviously, the first time of this modern sort of era in our lifetime. But, yeah, it's obviously not to be now. All right, well, let's talk about the game that just finished today. Uh, Miami was 3-0 up, looking to close out this uh, series at South Beach um, yep. on their home floor. Uh, Boston put up a huge fight and, and stretched the game to, to game five. What were your thoughts on the game today? I mean, it was just a pivotal third quarter, wasn't it, from Boston? I think they, at one stage, were down nine in the third quarter, you know, 3-0 down in Miami. It looked like it was all over. Then they went on an 18-0 run in which Jason Tatum scored nine of those 18 points there and just came up huge there. I think some of the the class started to shine, didn't they, for Boston in that game? Um, Do you want to tell the viewers what the message I sent you during the end of that game, Woods? Yeah, on all our group chats, uh, sending me texts, this guy's like, Boston in seven, right? I'm I'm thinking this guy's, you know... He's crazy, man. Absolutely no chance that's happening. Right? No chance that's happening. I don't know where you're coming coming nah. up with this from. Never happened in, in however many I know, years. but things have gotta things have gotta be broken sometimes, don't they? Um look, I mean I think for Boston, um you know, they had some guys that really stepped up today. I still like to see a little bit more from um from Jalen Brown, to be honest. I mean, he had 17 today. You know, he was a little bit better. I still think he could do a little bit more there. Um, it was good to see Horford getting a little bit more form there. Um, Derek White and his enormous forward had a, a decent um, game today. So, yeah, and look, obviously we saw a bit of an injury for Miami, didn't we? We saw Vincent go off um, with an ankle injury, so I'm not sure how bad that is there. Um, thought Adebayo was really poor for them today. Um, 10 points and five rebounds, minus 21 plus minus yeah, as well. So some bad turnovers. Yeah, there was, well. yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I just sort of saw that today. I mean, look, I mean, look would you clearly agree that Boston is a, a way better team on paper and they've had a way better season, right? So, why couldn't they not win that next game in Boston at least and then basically go to Miami and try and pinch a game six? So, anything's possible, I think. I think they could win the next game in in, in Boston, but I think Miami will close out in six. I mean, you've seen what the Heat have done so far. Um, and Jimmy Butler's just put that team on his back and they're playing like unbelievable basketball. I think that's a Third loss of the playoffs only, right? So. Well, I think halfway through the third quarter, Joe Mazzulla was just um, getting ready to get his Centrelink applications in as well, just to try and see if he could, you know, get some money before he found his next job. But yeah, maybe that's that's bought him I'm a little bit. Pretty sure there's no Centrelink in the USA, bro. Well, I'm sure there's an equivalent to that, but um, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what about Grant Williams? Actually, the, speaking of Coach Mazzulla, bringing Grant Williams into the game for 30 minutes today really. Uh, something that he should have done a lot earlier, right? That's been a knock yeah. on him. Like, um, you know, playing a Time Lord um, too little and and not giving Grant Williams the run he deserved. But Grant Williams today, 29-13, uh, 29 minutes and 13 seconds on the floor. He's a plus 15, 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, a steal and a block. Really had a positive impact there, right? He made a big difference. Obviously, hit four three-pointers and really sort of stretched things out for him there and opened probably up things a little bit for Tatum getting to the hoop there. Um, we saw, you know, Tatum was equally pretty deadly from outside. But, yeah, he did make a big difference, didn't he? I don't think it quite worked on um, some of those early games when they were trying to match him up against Jimmy Butler. I don't know that that's quite his go there. Probably there was some poor coaching by the Celtics there trying to you know play Jimmy Butler one-on-one with a guy like him. Um, but look, I think they made a few adjustments today. You can see their confidence really lift as well, the Celtics. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think Miami's a pretty composed team there as well, obviously well-coached and well-run there. So I don't think they're going to be panicking there. But um, given this is the only series still going now, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this um, next game. So let's talk about the series then. Really well coached by Coach um, Eric Spolstra, right? Um, in the first three games, 
Miami had it. And then that, that third game, obviously, uh, Boston looked like flat, like they were dead, you know, massive blowout. What have you thought of Miami's play through the first three games? Forget about today's game, but the series before this. Oh, no doubt they've been impressive. I mean, Butler's sort of done it every night. It always feels like someone else has stepped up. So whether it's Martin or... Um, Vincent, you know, yeah, Duncan Robinson one game, yeah. Exactly. He had a really yeah. big game. I think it might yeah. have let him in scoring in that last game yeah. there. Um, you know, and I think Bam Adebayo, you know, take away today's game. He's been pretty solid in this series as well. Kyle Lowry's had his moments as well. Um, I think it's all a matter of who can step up and help Jimmy Butler on that night. Because you know Butler's pretty reliable there. He's going to go for, you know, 25 plus sort of each game and, and do it on a pretty good um, sort of percentage percentages there but I think it's all about them getting that extra help there so um, I think they've done a pretty good job and as I said they're not going to get too carried away just with with one loss today well we'll see how that plays out um game five coming up on Friday our time right Friday and then hopefully we might get a weekend game it's the first thing I thought today oh, you know because obviously the for people that don't know the NBA finals are scheduled to start on the 2nd of June and that won't be changed now they've you know booked you know TV times potential venues and that so if this series does end on Friday there's still going to be quite a long gap there so I'm actually glad it has been extended there so and hopefully we get a we get a Sunday game to watch as well terrific terrific all right so let's move on to the Western Conference um, Lakers lose 4-0 to Denver <coughs> Um, although they were in every game, you know, every game they had a chance, right? The, the series was a lot closer than the scoreline suggested, right? So talk to me a little bit about um, your thoughts on how that played out. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it will go down in history as a 4-0 sweep. You know, the Nuggets won the four games. Uh, they won game one by six, game two by five, game three by 11, which was the only one that got out a little bit there and then wrapped it up by two points. So what's that, 22? <coughs> 24 points total for the, the four-game series. So I guess it shows that it, it was a pretty solid series there. Um, look, I think the, the big duo from Denver were just... Super impressive there, Woods. I know the Joker will get all the, the, the credit, and rightfully so there, but I wanted to talk about my boy Jamal Murray uh, behind me there, Woods. The four games there, right? Um, I'll read you his, his stats in the four games as quickly there, and you can tell me what your thoughts are. So game one, he had 35, 5, 5, and 3 steals. Game two, 37, 10, 5, and 4 steals. Game three, got 37 again, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. And then that last game, 25 points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals. So for those counting at home, that's an average of 32.5 points, six boards, five assists, and nearly three steals. Um, also, even more impressive, Woods, he shot in the 50-40-90 as well there. So yeah, um, really impressive there. I thought his defense was really good. You know, it's not all about sort of the steals, but you're getting three steals a game in, in these sort of um, big games like that was really impressive. Um can we talk about who he was matched up against in that series as well? And I can sort of maybe have my last laugh on that one. Go for it. Um, D'Angelo Russell, seriously, <laughs> does the NBL need a new, a, another point guard? That guy is trash, absolute trash. I've been saying it for ages. Um, he really let them down in that series. He, he was basically unplayable in game four. So his stats, I obviously read out Murray's before. So D'Angelo Russell in the four games had a total of 26 points, a total Woods. Um, he had eight, eight assists, 14 boards, and shot 32% from the field. So um, one player I kept on seeing on the bench for the Lakers, and I know he's been buried for a little bit now, was Beasley. Um, I don't know why they couldn't have brought him out there. We've seen he's a guy that can get high in a hurry there. Um, you know, get him out there. I, I was surprised about that. But I thought that was that was the really um, sort of telling difference there, that matchup at sort of that in that backcourt position there. I think Schroeder did okay at times okay. there, but um, Murray, just he just destroyed D'Angelo Russell there. Yeah, and look, you speak of Jamal Murray, right? You know, he's very streaky. In the previous series we saw, you know, he could get cold. 
um, and, and, you know, stink it up. But this series, once he gets hot, once he gets on a roll, he's unstoppable. Almost like anything he throws up is going in. Um, and, you know, he's gone through a, a host of serious uh, injuries, right? A spe- a specifically yeah, well, he missed all one injury, last season, didn't he? Yeah. Right? Um, and for him to come back and show the form, he's a big game player, right? Yeah. So for him to yeah. come back and show that form is really good to see. Um, and obviously those two are great friends. And just talk about Coach Malone and how he shortened that rotation, right? I mean, they're getting contributions from Contavious Caldwell Pope. Aaron Gordon there, right? Um, they've got Bruce Brown and Jeff Green pretty much. They're playing off the bench. And um, Michael Porter Jr. So seven guys, right? Strong lineup that they're using. Occasionally, uh, Chris Braun might get some minutes. But really, they only played seven guys in that, a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, in, in that Braun, last yeah. game. And, and I mean, that's all they need. And, and I think Coach Malone's going to progress with this. And LeBron and AD, they were sitting in the change room afterwards and, and talking to each other. And they said, man... In our four or five years we've been together on this team, that's the best team we've ever played, right? Mm. They have, they're covered in, in all bases. You see, Joker, man, like some of the stuff he does is just unreal. Incredible. You know, he's the best player in the world. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Uh, I, I definitely believe so. I mean, it's a shame they, you know, I mean, obviously they'll have a finals MVP, won't they? But in terms of the, the best player, I mean, you know, it'll go down as Joel Embiid winning the MVP this year. But I don't think there'd be many arguments from anyone there. He's just the, the most well-rounded player. And he's just that centerpiece of a team, isn't he, given what he can do with his assists and everything else like that. Just an amazing vision the guy's got there. He hit some huge shots. He hit that big step-back shot in oh, game man. four, which is just this off-balance oh, awesome kind of shot. Um, I wanted to mention KCP Woods. I don't oh, know I was about to say guy. that, man. I yeah. was about to say that. Well, How much has he worked on his shooting, man? Well, right? I heard on the Hoop Collective yeah. yesterday, they were saying for the, for the Lakers there, KCP should stand for Keep Championship Players. Um, yeah. and I bet that's a player that the Lakers, you know, he was part of that championship team in the bubble there. I bet they wish they still had someone like him yeah. and they wouldn't have had to rely on a bum like D'Angelo Russell and you sort of, you know, play those mixed parts. I mean, look, Austin Reeves is good for the Lakers, but they didn't just have that fourth guy all series oh, that sort of stood up there. KCP has gone and worked his butt off on his shooting in the offseason, yeah. putting up reps. And you can see that, right? He's when he catches it in rhythm, you almost think you're surprised when it doesn't go in, right? Mm. You got Michael Porter uh, Porter Jr. there on 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 the wing, right? Yeah. And then Aaron Gordon's just become a better player, almost an all star this year, you know. And you know when you play with a guy like Joker, right? He makes everyone around him better. You got the veteran on on the bench in 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 Jeff Green. One of my friends texted me recently saying Jeff Green reminds me a little bit of Robert Ory in his late days. Can you can you see that? Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. He's still playing many for minutes as well. But um, look, you mentioned Aaron Gordon. He was big yeah. as well, wasn't he? A great defender yeah. these days. He's shown that he can hit that outside shot. Um, he seems just bigger than ever for me as well. He seems yeah. like he's just got bigger every year, Aaron Gordon. Hey, Woods, we've got to touch on LeBron as well, right? So Okay, I'm about to move on well, to the Lakers, right? Yeah, Yeah. well, I just All want right. to say, I mean, look, a few people yeah. have sort of asked me, what were your thoughts on Le- LeBron yesterday? They kind of felt like it was maybe him making things all about him at the end of the game. Um I mean, I don't know whether that's coming from, you know, the Jordan lovers, the LeBron haters, what it is like that. It did feel a little bit that way to me. Maybe it wasn't the time and the place for him to say that he's suddenly considering retirement and everything else like that. I mean, look, the guy's under contract next year with a player option that the year after. They're both about $50 million a season. He played the whole game then. He was third-team All-NBA. I mean, it just seemed a very surprising statement for him. But I guess, look, they need some news, don't they, if this series is going to finish in the East soon. We need some some stuff to talk about at the water cooler and everything like that. So maybe he's given everyone that, right? LeBron's not going anywhere, you know. He's going to play with his son in a couple of years, right? He's very emotional. In fact, just a few weeks ago in a press conference, he says, I'm going to be in this league for another two, three years, right? So mm. um, it's just... 
And you know, LeBron always does this. He drops, some, you know, he has the decision. He'll have yeah. some. He'll say something in his press conference just to, so, so you know, he can the media can have something to talk about because he he likes it, man. You know, yeah. just let him be. That's just what LeBron does, right? Um, I, I can't see him going anywhere. But we talk about the Lakers. What's next for the Lakers, right? I mean, they were not far off here, right? Mm. And there's talk of Kyrie Irving potentially reuniting with LeBron. Now, you put Kyrie Irving into that team. I don't care about his off-court issues. Um, imagine him on that team ahead of, say, the aforementioned D'Angelo De- Russell starting. How would that have played out, right? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about that matchup happening there. I mean, no, no doubt he's an upgrade on D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, Bryce Cotton probably would be as well if we're talking players that play that position. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. They've obviously had their time together. I'm not quite sure. Kyrie just seems a bit <coughs> a bit too unstable for me these days. I'm not quite sure that's what they need there, but clearly they need to get it to get better in that position there and perhaps shore up their bench. I think Darvin Ham did a really good job this year for Great them. Job. I think that's probably gone a little bit uncredited there. Um, you know, considering where they were, they're under five hundred for, you know, at least two thirds of that season there. He managed to get them out of the play and get them to the conference finals there. So, you know, I think that they don't sort of need to be too upset. Obviously you lose four nil, probably maybe overthink things a little bit there. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know about the Corey one. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it. You know, I mean, I think that they've played together. They've won a championship together. I mean, LeBron took that team with a bunch of misfits to the conference finals this year. You know, obviously with some help from AD, right? But mm-hmm. that team on paper is not very strong. Austin Reeves played better than expected. So as you said, you get Kyrie Irving there, get a few little pieces around around them, some role players that they need. Maybe keep Schroeder around, keep Hachimura, Hachimura around, right? Mm. Um, Vanderbilt's another guy I don't mind, you know, and then maybe find a few other role players that can contribute. Um, I think, what, D'Angelo Russell's worth $27 million or something ridiculous, right? I mean, wow. you know, you got... You know, I think... So, so, so what's next for the Lakers? You know, you, you think that they're going to be able to compete next year if LeBron comes back? I don't see why not. I mean, you think it should be a reasonably favourable free agent destination. Maybe they could just get a veteran guard there um, and maybe just sort of shore up the bench a little bit there. Um, yep. Yeah, I think I don't think it's. Um, I think they still should be in contention, definitely. Awesome, awesome. So let's just see how it plays out. You said June second for the finals, right? That's it. Long wait for Denver. Mm. Bit of rest and recuperation. So um, we'll see how that plays out over the coming days. All right. So I thought let's move on and. Uh, Let's talk talk about some topical um, so, some some things in the, in the news right now. Some some hot topics. All right, yeah. some quick hits. All right, mm-hmm. San Antonio with the number one pick. Wemby's Wemby's there now for for sure. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind or anyone's mind that uh, Victor Wembanyama is going to be the number one pick. Did I say that right? I think yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll call that yeah. And Greg Popovich is uh, going to have another op- opportunity like he did with a with a. Someone like Tim Duncan to stay on with that franchise, I would say. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, look, Greg Popovich, uh, Popovich, aka Doc from Back to the Future. Um, the first thing I thought about after that, that news of the ping pong balls was, I reckon he might have had mixed feelings. To be honest, I reckon he was probably someone that was maybe looking forward to walk away from the game. But there's no way he would do that now. Obviously, this could someone that could really boost his leg- legacy as well. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting, wasn't it? Um, you know, I've heard the usual conspiracy. Theorists come out and say that oh, is there any chance that it was fixed with those ping pong balls? I mean, I mean, we're not really going to waste any space talking about that. We just obviously we don't know how that works. It sounds like they've got a pretty decent process in place. I don't think it's like the the Patrick Ewing next year when there was a few maybe dodgy dealings going on there. Um, but look, it's big news, isn't it? Um, 
There's going to be so much talk of this guy now, isn't there? Um, you know, Summer League, I'm assuming you'll, you'll have a couple of games there. It's going to be exciting. Um, I can imagine people buying those Spurs, Wemby jerseys and, you know, San Antonio suddenly being a, a team that's talked about a lot again. Awesome. Yeah, no, nah, cool. Um, I'm, it's going to be a good draft class as well. So uh, really looking forward to draft day coming up. Always a really, a really fun day, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about the Boomers a little bit. You, we saw, we spoke to Adam Bellinger last week about Matthew Delavadova um, coming back to Melbourne United. Yeah. Um, see, recently, Coach Vickerman has come out in the press and said that he expects Delhi to make that Boomers squad. Mm. Uh, I think in our selections a few weeks ago, I had him in the in the twelve, and you didn't. I didn't, but I probably wasn't happy about not having him there. Um, yeah, and probably the more I think about it, I think we might have even spoken offline. I could see Gorge definitely picking a similar team than, than what the Bronze in, in Japan. I think, you know, obviously they had the success there. He'd probably want to keep that team going. So likely that he makes it. Um, look, it's good for the NBL. He's, he's back, isn't it? Um, and that Melbourne team, man, it's like... Obviously, we, we think our teams are normally going to be up there, Sydney and, and um, Perth. I'm not sure if Sydney realised that the free agency has actually started yet. But um, in terms of what Melbourne have done so far, wow. Like, um, you know, having a player like that, um, yeah, look, if he does make the boomers, I'd be happy with it as well, really. And this signing with Melbourne United, that surely spells the end of Delhi's career in the NBA? I think definitely so now, given it's a two-year contract there. I think, look, you know, Mike Brown obviously had that pre-existing relationship with him at Sacramento. I wanted him to come and mentor some of those younger guys, which he apparently did a pretty good job with. But I think you're definitely right. We won't see him back there. Well, he's got his old running mate, Joe Luala Chul, back as well. So there's some yeah. familiarity. Ariel Hutporty, guys, Chris Golding, guys he's played with a lot. So sure. he's going to come back in that system, familiar with the sets and things like that. So it'll make him make it an easy transition for him. I think they're the early championship favourites as well, you know, based on what they've done so far. I mean, obviously, a lot of teams have still got imports to come. We're not sure what Melbourne will do in that regard. But, yeah, on paper so far, wow, they look really good. All right, so just one quick word. LeBron, is he going to retire or not? Absolutely not. Okay. A couple of sentences on Carmelo Anthony and the service he's given to the game. Definitely. I mean, look, obviously I spoke about him at the start there. I mean, look, he's going to retire um, with scoring averages of 22.5, 6.2 boards. Um, he played 1,260 games with so really long career there. Um, ended up being the 11th all-time leading scorer there. So he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book there. I mean, look, he's obviously going to be mentioned in those, you know, the list of great players that never won a championship. You know, you're talking your, your Charles Barkley's, your Carl Malone's, uh, your Dominic Wilkins, those sort of guys like that. Reggie Miller, um, he's definitely going to get put in that category there, but I don't think that was quite his fault there. Um, he sort of got to the Lakers a year late, didn't he, in terms of being able yep. to sort of win with them. But I'm certainly going to remember him fondly. I, I really enjoyed the way he played. I was sort of a little bit, um, maybe for those first couple of years, thinking maybe this guy could be better than LeBron. I was maybe a, you know, a little bit late to jump on the LeBron train there. But like the way the guy played, um, I like the way he persisted as well. Obviously, you know, he was a bit unloved there, couldn't get a, a gig for a while, but continued to work hard and, and, you know, found a little bit of success at the end of his career, didn't he, on those Portland teams and, and everything else like that. So, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed his career for sure. I mean, I'm sure you did as well, right? Absolutely. And, you know, He's a good man, you know. Uh, he's been done a lot of work off the floor, yeah. um, represented the country with this distinction, um, and we're seeing the end of an era with with Melo going and LeBron on his way out. Like it's almost those guys that we grew up with 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's coming to an end, right? When when you saw Jordans and the Ewings and the Malones leave, it was almost sad to see that an era was finishing. The same thing's occurring here, right? I, I find so. Fair play to everything he's achieved, but it's also sad to see these greats that we we grew up admiring leaving the game, right? Agreed for sure. Yeah. All right, so let me throw over to you for a little bit of an NBL one update. I know I know a lot's been going on there. Uh, mm. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about? We know obviously. About the NBL one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm loving the NBL One East, you know, giving us sort of call the Hills games there. But I just wanted to talk about um, just the game of the week in the NBL One East um, women's competition last week, Lloyd. So um, we saw just an amazing game between Sutherland and the Sydney Comets on Sunday there. Um, the Sydney Comets overcame a six-point deficit at three-quarter time to end up winning by six. Um, yep. It was an absolute shootout between these teams with a, an absolute superstar on, on both teams. So firstly, Sutherland, friend of the podcast, uh, Lauren Nicholson. Um, How's this, how's this for Loz? Is this Lionwood? So 43 points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals. Um, she played the full 40 minutes in that game, and she actually played the day before, the night before, against um, our Hills Hornets there. And she had a triple-double in that game, um, in which they just they demolished the Hornets. Um, they're a quality team, Sutherland there. But in that game there, the comments were led by Shyla Hill. She also played the full 40 minutes. Um, she just had a cool 41, four rebounds, seven assists, and hit seven three-pointers. So... Um, I encourage people to either watch the you know the full game replay or the condensed replay there, but just really good quality basketball there. I really think this NBL One East has improved big time this year. I mean, sort of seeing some of the, the quality there. I mean, that Sydney Comets team, for those playing at home, also have Vanessa Panousis um, and Jada Crawshaw on that team. So they're absolutely loaded with WNBL talent there. Um, I think the women's um, NBL One East definitely wasn't as strong as some of the other leagues last season, but you know a lot of the teams here have loaded up with imports this year and sort of you know WNBL players and everything else like that. So yeah, just wanted to really call out that game and also wanted to talk about this weekend, Wood. So I'm doing another game um, Saturday night where it's um, Hills against Hornsby there. So just wanted to give a little bit of a shout out from. Um, a previous guest and someone you're, you're close with there. So Coach Hess, uh, Coach Hesh. So came on the show on episode five, Woods. Doesn't that seem like a long time ago now? So, Shout out to Mahesh, my man. Yeah, and at the time, you know, he was sort of, you know, doing his college, uh, his coaching, you know, one-on-ones things, and obviously coaching at the school and everything. But he's now the, the full-time coach of the Hornsby Spiders in the NBL One East. Um, they have been so unlucky this year. They're none from 13, Woods. So you look at that and say, geez, they're having a shocker. They lost uh, on a buzzer beater last week against um, last season's grand finalists. Um, they've also had, I think, three two-point losses in the last four or five games. So it's certainly a game that my Hornets won't want to take um, You know that one lightly just based on the ladder position there. But, yeah, I just wanted to give a bit of a, a shout-out for Coach Hash. Um, I'm looking forward to going and having a chat with him before the game and, and, yep. and calling that game on Saturday night. Yeah, and I heard you're, you've been texting back and forth with him, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. And I've sort of been trying to get a few little um, you know, bits of insight on some of the players there. And he's got a very young team, that Hornsby team there. But no, looking forward to see how they go. Okay, terrific. Thanks, Robbie. And finally, I hear you're playing WNBA Fantasy Hoops this year. I am. I actually got onto it a little bit late, Woods. It was like the night before the season started, so I didn't get a chance to, um, you know, organise things like I probably would have liked to and set up a league and everything else like that. But, um, yeah, definitely enjoying it. Um, I can tell you I called my team the Aussie Sheilers, which, um, you know, that's a pretty <laughs> funny name. Um, got some pretty decent players. I won't bore people too much, but I've got uh, Chelsea Gray. You know how much I like her game. Yep. My number one pick was Aja Wilson. Um, I've got... Um, 
Oh, Sammy Whitcomb on the team. I've got Courtney Vandersloot, Alana Smith. So I've loaded up with a few Aussies there. Um, Natasha Howard, Brianna Jones, and Jewel Lloyd from Seattle there. So started off very well, looking like I might win my first matchup. So we talked about this offline. This is something we'll definitely look at setting up a league next year. I'm sure, you know, friends of ours like Jacinta and other people like that, we'd, we'd sort of be able to get on board with this and, and you know, continue to, to support the women's game. you got a lot of room on your plate, man, you know? NBL, NBA, NBL1, WNBA, man. Loving it, bro. That's how I roll, mate. All right, so what I'm going to do now, Robbie, is going to... For all our viewers and listeners, you'll recall that I opened this massive 30-pack of Flair 9394. I've only opened it slightly, and we said we'd do 10 cards at a time. So I'm just going to grab a handful. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's slightly more, maybe it's slightly less. And we'll go through it. Okay. I've got now... New Jersey Nets forward, number 34. Chris Morris. Chris Morris. Nice. The backboard breaker himself. Yeah. Yep. Great. Check that highlight on YouTube if you haven't seen him where he broke a backboard playing in uh, New Jersey one time. Well, from one number 34 to another, I got forward from the Dallas Mavericks, um, went to Missouri, listed at six foot ten. Um he was the sixth pick in the first round of the 91 NBA draft. Averaged 8.8 points per game in his rookie season with Dallas before increasing his scoring to 10.4. Number 34. Not James Six Donald's foot right. 10. Nope. No, he's bigger than that. No, I'm blanking on that one. Doug Smith. Ah, Doug Smith, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, love this guy from the Dallas Mavericks. I had a Skybox, Skybox rookie card. Number 52, went to Louisiana Tech. First round pick eight in the 89 NBA draft from the Dallas Mavericks. Never really lived up to the hype that he had from college. Um, Is that Mike? He's a forward. Man, no? No. no. Um, his, oh, surname is a, his, his surname is a color. Uh, um, a very plain color. Jeez, I haven't started off too The colour of your skin. <laughs> um, His surname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm blanking on that one. It's Randy White. Day. Randy White, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. Okay, I was talking to Adam Bellinger last week about some of the great centres in that era, in between, in the, you know, late 80s, mid, mid to late 80s to, to, to ni- mid 90s. Uh, this guy was one guy I mentioned, if you'd listened to the previous episode, um, first round, pick two in the 1988 NBA draft, was on some great teams with the Indiana Pacers, originating the, the from Dutchman. Holland. Yeah, Rick Smith's seven foot four. Is he wearing clogs in that photo? Was or has he just got normal shoes on? Seven foot four, right as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah he was a great seven player, foot four. Right? Yep. Wow. Okay, great point guard. New York City point guard. We've seen him commentating the final series. Kenny Smith. Him and Jeff Van Gundy have some great Ah, back and forth. Action Jackson. Mark Jackson. Hey, hold Mark Jackson up, Ems. Mark Jackson. This is a guy called Nikola Jokic. You should have put him on your your All-NBA ballot. All right, that was good. (laughs) We didn't plan that. That worked out well. (laughs) How he didn't, I don't understand. Take, Take that vote away from him next year, seriously. One of the enforcers on that team, alongside Rick Smiths, this guy was a beast. Like you would not want to run into him in a dark Antonio alleyway. Davis? Be, 
No, what, 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 close. Dale Davis. Dale Davis. Yeah. Right? It's funny, people always assume those guys were brothers. They definitely, well, they were brothers, but they weren't um, biological brothers. No, they were just called them uh, Davis brothers. He, exactly, yeah. yeah. But no, he was he was a real handy player. And sort of that player that every team needed back in the day, Dale Davis. A few weeks ago, you showcased the jersey of Muggsy. So, so I said his name. Muggsy Bogues. So I was going to say Earl Boykins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I accidentally no, said Muggsy Bogues. I reckon I would have got that one pretty quick. Yeah. I was going to say a few weeks ago you showcased the jersey of one of the greatest little hey, men. Can I tell a little story about Muggsy Bogues, Woods? Yeah, of course, man. For those going back, there was a thing called NBA Jam Session that they brought out to a lot of the states in Australia. I'm going to say it was like in 1993. The board game. No, no. It was a, the, a show they brought out. So it was at oh, the yeah. Sydney Entertainment Centre and basically it had all these... Um, sort of legends there, um, you know, doing different sort of drills and stuff like that. Muggsy Bogues is there. Um, he had to make a three-pointer in the drill he was doing. I reckon he might have missed 25 three-pointers in a row. I'll never forget it, right? It was some <laughs> of the worst shooting I've ever seen in person. But, yeah, shout-out to Muggsy Bogues. I won't, wasn't I'll known for his outside shot. There. Nah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, but, I mean, 25 in a row still. Yeah, pretty bad. Okay, Houston Rockets, number seven, uh, second Carl round Herrera? pick 30, Carl Herrera. See, that makes up for me missing that one, right? When I'm getting yeah. a Houston Rockets number seven and I'm pulling out Carl Herrera, right? Venezuelan? Love... Huh? Venezuelan, right? He was... I think so. I think he was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe look that up. Um, Phoenix Suns, number 24. We talk about this guy as probably Tom the Chambers. greatest guy not in the Hall of Fame. Tommy Chambers. Yeah. Tom Chambers. And Herrera was from Venezuela as well. So he right. was a Trin- Trinidadian-born Venezuelan basketball player. Right, just like... Probably uh, like cricket too, right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, like Ken McClary, who was father of Trevor Ariza, played, yeah, for, the, played for the Sydney Kings and uh, also Venezuelan, right? Nice, nice. All right. Great show, man. That was fun. Really yeah. fun, you know? That was good. And obviously, you know, look, we'll probably go through. One thing I wanted to talk about on one of these next shows, Woods, I know we did our little pre-season predictions as well. So oh, we need to we're go gonna, back. We're going to go back and, and maybe we can name and shame and see how off we're on some of them, see if we got any right. I have a feeling there'll probably be some shockers. That we've done I had Miami right up there and you had Denver <laughs> right up there. That's what I recall. Right? Yeah, I think I had Denver going all the way. And I think I've mentioned the Miami thing as well. I had them in the play-in, which I was right about. So yeah. but obviously I didn't have them going this far. But we'll try and pull that out. I know I've got that on a spreadsheet somewhere, and we'll sort of own up to that. So by this time next week when we record, who knows whether both series will be over. You probably think it's going to be over in you know the next game or so. But, um, yeah, obviously we've got game five on Friday. No, sorry, game four on Friday. Game five on Friday, game six on Sunday. So Correct. we'll probably know a little bit more by this time next week how we're looking. But as we mentioned, second of June there for the finals to start. So we've got a little bit of time up our sleeves there. So why don't you take it away? Tell the audience a little bit about where we can be found and followed and all of that, right? Sounds good, mate. So look, I'll give all our little handles there. So on Twitter, we're at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. And our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, send through, through some thoughts, your, your movie thoughts. Um, if anyone was at that jam session thing I was talking about that went around to each city in the early 90s, let me know if anyone saw Muggsy Bogues um, shooting like I saw. Um, what about yourself, Woods? Give you a little shout-out to Oh, just Patreon. Thanks for everyone's support. Just jump on to Patreon, look for Throwback Hoops. You'll see the two microphones and the Atlanta Hawks logo. We, we appreciate anyone that pledges their support. You don't have to, but thank you if you do. Um, I just also want to give a quick shout out to our friends, the Sport Blokes. All right? mm. Listen to their podcast if you haven't yet. They've got two great episodes. One that's currently out with Casey Frank. 
you know, uh, commentator, ex-New Zealand uh, international, uh, terrific episode, and I believe they've got one of our ex-guests, Liam Santa Maria, coming on their very next show. We love the sport blokes, the work that they do. Go on, uh, on, on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever, look up the sport blokes. Basketball is their focus, but they do talk about other sports as well, and they've got a great show, so please listen in. Big shout-out to the lads. Yeah, totally agree, mate. All right, cool. So, uh, any final thoughts, Robbie? Um, no. I mean, who who we got out... coming on the show? Who we got coming on the show soon? Um, look, we're still negotiating with a few people. I'm going to get a, a bit of a Hills Hornets flavour, though, coming on. We're going to okay. be getting um, Sean Montague, who those might have seen there. He actually had the number one play in all of the NBL 1, uh, not just the NBL 1 East, um, last week. Um, and I happened to be calling that game and went quite crazy on the dunk that he did there. An absolute huge facial dunk. So looking forward to Sean to get on there. He comes from New York. He's got a pretty interesting story to tell. Um, we've got a few other ones up our sleeve as well, which we'll, we'll sort of tease in the coming week or two. Terrific. We'll look forward to it. And until next week, when, you, when we do it all over again, it's peace out from Woody and Robbie and the Throwback Hoops crew. We're out. Thanks, guys.